Welcome to the Creative Minds Podcast with me, Callum Hughes. Something for your mind. Hello everyone, hope you're all keeping well. So in this next episode of Creative Minds presented by myself, Callum Hughes, I wanted to have a really important and relevant discussion around mental health. Now, for me personally, and I'm sure many of us would agree, I thought it was necessary for an open discussion to take place. Obviously, due to the impact COVID-19 has had probably on all our lives, whether that's loss of employment, businesses, loved ones, lockdowns and the restrictions that have followed as a result of the pandemic. Obviously, mental health is as equally as important in both females and males, but I felt it was important to speak man to man with my next guest um, as the Office for National Statistics showed in 2019 that more men died by suicide, 75% compared to 25%. So there's quite a significant difference there. So my next guest is a respected personal trainer called Dan Edwards, who's based just outside of Birmingham. Now, I know a lot of people in Birmingham will be familiar with Dan, but those who are outside of Birmingham may not be. So Dan is not just a personal trainer, he's also founder and co-owner of the Wellbeing and Mindfulness organisation, Me, Myself and Mind, who focus on both corporate and community wellbeing. He's got a degree in strength and conditioning, a diploma in neuro-linguistic programming. He's a mental health first aider and he's also working towards being able to become an instructor an instructor in mental health first aid too. So I'm just going to invite him in now. Easy, mate. Hi, Callum, you all right? How you doing? Yeah, all good, mate. How you keeping? Yeah, yeah, really good. Uh, you know, it's feeling quite good today, so... Um, yeah. Blessed. Yeah, that's, that's good, mate. So, first of all, yeah, thanks for joining me. I know we've been wanting to do one for a while, and obviously I think with everything going on now, especially that transition from summer to autumn and winter and with that second lockdown, it's definitely more important than ever. And obviously, with the tragic loss of you know, a Birmingham legend like Josh Wilson in the music industry as well. So first of all, I wanted to touch upon really how you found the first lockdown in terms of like your productivity and how, you know, you coped and then maybe how that's differed with, you know, as time's gone on and things haven't really improved in the second lockdown as well. Yeah. Um, but then obviously with the lockdown, it was uh, an almost unknown situation. Well, it was an unknown situation for everybody involved. And I'm not going to lie to you, since February, well, since March or whenever we went into lockdown, yeah. I, I haven't felt my, my usual self. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good at the moment. Mm. But, yeah, productivity definitely slowed down. Um, things that I was working towards, um, again, slowed down. Yeah. And, you know, I was having more negative thoughts than usual and feeling anxious, feeling, feeling unmotivated. And, and you know, in, in that first lockdown, I was doing an Instagram live five days a week. You know, yeah. For fitness, because it's so important that people stay physically active. Um, I mean, especially now we're going into winter, let alone back in the summer. Yeah. But there was days, man, when I was waking up and I was just thinking, oh, I don't want to do this. Mm. I just, the motivation just literally ceased. And as many people as were joining in, I still had that little voice in my head that didn't want to do it. And, yeah. Yeah, I think respect to you though, and you know, it's not putting anyone down who maybe didn't keep as physically active. The fact that you knew in order to maintain both the mental health and not just, you know, looking good physically as well, you still pushed on and did it. And to be honest, I think for me personally, you were probably one of the ideal choices because obviously we'll come more onto social media later on, but I feel that people will probably look at especially the likes of you, because, you know, you know, you're in impeccable physical condition, you know, as someone who trains, you know, I, I look up to people like you, I think, fucking hell, hopefully one day I can look like Dan, you know, in, in, a, in a good way, not a, you know, negative com- in comparison way, but, and it's, you know, because you work as not just a personal trainer, but you also do the well-being and mindfulness stuff, people might look at you and assume that, you know, because you know how to look after yourself physically, you know, you're well-read, you know, mentally as well, that people might assume that, you know, you might be immune to everything that, that goes on. And, and it's really not the case. It, it doesn't matter, you know, if, if you're a, you know, well-educated individual physically and mentally, you know, have to look after yourself. It, it doesn't mean that you won't experience problems. But did, did you find, though, I mean, for me personally, the first lockdown, I didn't enjoy it, but I felt like in a way it was needed for, for me because I was living life so fast paced just before it happened, like trying to maintain the full-time job and then, you know, doing undergrowth and doing Elevate as well. And, you know, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for the fact that I've explored different things. I found a passion project that I know I can, I can stick at, but, you know, obviously it was working just nonstop, probably six days a week. And obviously that was my choice then you know trying to you know go to the gym four or five times a week because I knew I had to have that balance and you know keep well but then yeah. the partying on the weekend I wouldn't say so much the lack of sleep because I've I've come away from probably the after parties you know compared to what I was doing a, a couple of years ago and Monday to Friday you know I'm, I'm really sensible but the first I think I think I was at home for three months in the first lockdown and that was the longest period I've spent sober in five years. And I, I knew that I needed that. I knew I had to remove myself from the environment. I needed a rest. So whilst I didn't enjoy it because, you know, you, you saw people that were passing away from the virus. You saw people that were, you know, losing jobs, being isolated. Um, although I don't mean it in a selfish way, I felt for me like it was needed you know I've spent more time with my family in that three months than I probably have in the last 
you know, five, maybe even 10 years. But then obviously as you come out of summer and, you know, probably I spent a little bit too much time back at home. I thought I need to just get back to Birmingham, you know, be with what I see as my real family. I know that probably, you know, if they're listening to this, they might not like it, but that, you know, the likes of you, Fleur, you know, the family that I've created over here, that I, I see this now as my home. And I feel like the first lockdown, we put so much pressure on ourselves to remain productive. And especially on social media, everyone was saying, oh, well, when we come out of this pandemic, what are you going to say that you did? And I feel like that, that was that was a very harsh um, thing to put on people who were struggling because then you, you then guilt trip yourself into thinking, well, when we come out of this lockdown, what have I achieved? And I feel like more in this second lockdown, I've, I've just realised I need to just put a lot less pressure on myself. And I hope that anyone listening just puts a lot less pressure on themselves and just just focuses on just staying well and just trying to get through these next few months instead of, you know, comparing yourselves to, to others on social media and thinking, oh, I haven't really achieved anything because at the minute it's just about keeping your head above water, whether that's yeah. financially, mentally or physically. You know, everybody is in a completely different situation. Um, and, you know, I want to take to where you said that in the first, let's go with where you said, you know, you spent three months sober and, and with your family. And we can take, obviously, positives with the lockdown because people were able to be at home with their family, which they normally, you know, some people are constantly sucked into the rat race. Yeah. People are constantly trying to succeed, 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 mm. and putting constant pressure and stress upon themselves to do this and to do that. And then everything sort of stopped. And the positive thing to come out of that is to then appreciate the little things and to appreciate the connection with your family. And maybe that's something that you needed to do, you know. Yeah. Like I said, you don't, you know, like myself, I'm not really that close with, with family. Mm. Um, you know, past issues and things like that that we won't go into right now. But um, maybe that's something you needed to do to go home in three months. Yeah, I, I feel like definitely at that particular time it was needed because it wasn't through pressure off family. It's just I've always naturally been someone who was obsessed with trying to be the best. And it, it's not an ego thing. It's not trying to put other people down and say, ha, I'm better than you. It's just me and myself, whether it was when I was doing A-levels or the old job that I had in mortgages, I was just always wanting to be the the, the, the top person. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, it's like recently I felt quite run down, especially after Josh passed away. That was probably for me the um, the straw that broke the camel's back, if, if that's the saying. Because the, the second lockdown, trying to work from home, and I think... At first, the previous podcast I did with Brandon Block, I tried looking at the positives of working from home by saying, you know, it's, it's better for the environment. You get to spend more time with your family. But the reality is, you know, a lot of us probably don't live with families. We don't have children. It's, you know, some people it's it's more preferable because it's, you know, less commuting, makes life easier. But once again, not in a selfish way the way I am as an individual and I think the way that we are as humans and the way that we've evolved is that it's starting to grind on people now because 
for me, like I've made the decision, I've had to get a new a new apartment because it was affecting me that much. Being stuck in the same four walls with pretty much little to no human interaction and probably not much routine. Like I've still eaten relatively healthy, but not like I was before. You know, obviously now they've closed the gyms again as well. Is I realised in the end, and I think this this applies to pretty much all humans. The way that we've evolved is just being stuck in the same room. You know, if you're living, eating, and working in one room, that's not healthy at all. You need you need that separation between your living quarters and your working quarters, and obviously you need that human interaction. Like yeah. me, just staring at the same four walls. You know, people say, oh, yeah, jump on a Zoom call or jump on a you know, mobile phone call. But the reality is doing that day in, day out, it's not healthy for the mindset. And I, I think this is what businesses will have to realise is that, OK, yes, it might be more financially viable to you. And I think this is where you're going to see once again the, the priorities and how much a business actually cares about their employees' well-being is are they just going to say, no, you're going to continue to work from home because we've actually realised if we downsize our um, buildings, you know, we spend less on leases or are we actually going to realise that long term it's not it's not good for people's mindset and well-being? Yeah, I mean, like, everybody's entitled to their own opinion and, you know, some people probably enjoy working from home. Uh, but there are those people like myself, uh, like you've just explained, that you like meeting people and evolutionary, we are designed to be connected, we're designed to thrive in groups and if you're sat at home and you are on your own, then that is so damaging for your mental health because you're just plugging away at work behind a laptop and you know, you're not interacting with people, you're not you know, offloading, uh, and, and taking in information from other people, you're losing that reality. And I mean, I was on a mental health course, to, I started the mental health instructor course today, and I, that was over online. And I mean, obviously, I'm feeling positive that it started, and I'm, and I'm glad to be on that journey, but it isn't the same. No, it's you know, not, it's, definitely not. Even this, me and you, this is great, this is great that we've got this technology, thankful that we've got it, that we can do this. But you can't replace that flesh and blood connection. No, you can't. You know what I mean? You know, you know when I'm sat across from you and I can see those little cues, the body language, you just don't get that from Zoom and online. And yeah. what you end up doing is sat in a Zoom chat and your mind's wandering all over the place because you're not really connected to No, you're people. not. Definitely not. Um, and I definitely think that, you know, as soon as things do start to get that little bit better, we do need to start reintroducing getting back into the workplace. Uh, and I noticed that you, you know, obviously you raised the the um, the point of it saving companies more money. But then, dependent upon the person, is it going to cost them more money if that person's being less productive? Yeah, well, less productive, and I'm, I'm not ashamed to say at all, Probably for the first time, I've always worked from the age of 15, so I've worked consistently for the past 11 years without without stopping, and I needed time off. I'll probably be, I'm going back to work on Monday, but I realised that I needed time off, and I know that sometimes people say, oh, sometimes it's better for you to carry on working because it keeps your mind focused on something, but my body was telling me that the particular job that I was doing 
sat there all day and with everything that's gone on the past few months is I, I needed to listen to my body. I needed time off. And I think for anyone listening is if, if you're really not in a good place, especially mentally, is you shouldn't beat yourself up if you do need time off. Because especially if it's legitimate, you know, you shouldn't feel forced into carrying on for the for the sake of your employer. Yeah. And do, you know, do you know what? We was doing about this today about, you know, we all have a, a stress funnel, you know, and you can imagine all these different stresses are coming in. And we need to be obviously letting that. So imagine like you've got a funnel, you've got the water coming in, you've got the stress coming in. And obviously this year has presented us with a lot of different stressors. Yeah. You need to be allowing that water out with the tap. Yeah. You need to be doing your physical activity. You need to be interacting with others, connecting your hobbies. And some of that has slowed down. So yeah. And, and like you were saying there about, you know, people tend to think, oh, I need to work to to keep my mind off it but that's like a blockage in the funnel because you're negatively just overworking and adding more stress to yourself do you know what i mean that's not healthy because oh no i'm feeling like shit but i'm just going to work through it but that's just suppressing how you're feeling and adding more stress to the equation yeah Um, so yeah i definitely don't think that and i and i want to touch on you know what you said earlier about people are putting up, oh, if you haven't come out of lockdown with a new business, a new this, a new that, then what have you really achieved and, and this, that, and the other? I mean, like, it's hard because you look at it and you almost get sucked into it. And yeah. You just can't believe, oh my God, what haven't I achieved or what haven't I done? Yeah. But at the same time, everybody is, although we're in a, in a pandemic, and everybody's in, you know, lockdown and things like that. We're all in a very different situation, and we all handle stress and this sort of no very differently. So for somebody to be saying, "Oh, you need to have achieved this and achieved that," that's when you're not feeling up to it. That's just going to cause that inner self-critic to go into overtime. Yeah. And, and that's not healthy for anybody. No. And, and also on those same lines, just before obviously we move on. This whole positive vibe, positive culture, um, sort of positive only thing that obviously is within our society and, and, and on Instagram, that can be quite uh, detrimental to mental health. Because I'm not saying that we don't want to feel positive, uh, we don't want to say positive things to ourselves, but as a human being, we have a range of emotions for a reason, you know? We are going to have low days. We are going to have days where we're more happy. We are going to have more days where we're more sad. But if when we're in those sad days and we're not feeling quite ourselves and there's all this pressure already being placed around us and then we're like, oh, I've got to be positive. I've got to be this. I need to be achieving this. That is not going to help anybody. Mm. You know, We need to feel to heal things, you know? Yeah. And, and that's something that... I've been having to work on recently because, like yourself, I like achieving things. Mm. I like doing things. And this COVID situation has taken something away from me. Yeah. You know, I haven't felt my complete self for, you know, the last eight eight months or whatever it's been. But I'm starting to realise that I don't have to always be achieving everything. Yeah, definitely. I can be a lot kinder and more compassionate to myself 
and, and I think that's what we need to be in this situation is uh, when that negative critic's going off, hit it with a bit more compassion rather than trying to be a Mr. Positive and Mr. Achiever all the time. Yeah, no, absolutely, mate. Some really good points there. I just wanted to go back as well, obviously, even before the pandemic, and it was probably before I even initially met you. I know that through the workshops that you've done through me, myself and mine, you spoke openly and honestly about some of the demons that you were battling when you were at university. And that, and that was another time where, you know, your physical condition was, you know, probably just as good, if not better then. And people would look at you and think, oh, you know, decent looking lad, he's in great shape. Look, he must be absolutely fine. But I just wanted to obviously not just focus on the negatives, but just discuss a little bit more about some of the past demons that you faced and you've already spoken about in your workshops and how you kind of overcame those as well. I mean, I think I think like all of us, we all experience some kind of trauma or, you know, for me, I feel, I feel like it was a bit of neglect when I was younger um, and, and certain things then developed. But, you know, if I, if I just delve into that, that story... I didn't really notice, you know, any negative mental health or, you know, whether you call it a mental illness until I went to university. And I think it was, you know, the stress of moving and becoming very uncomfortable and, and coming from here to go and live in London that really set these negative thoughts and the anxiety off. And, you know, for three and a half, four years, I lived in absolute denial, shame, I felt shame every day. I felt I felt guilty. I was judging myself, but I was denying that was that there was some kind of issue because you know I was down. I'm strong. I'm this. I'm that. And and also, if I admit what was going wrong with me, you know, with these negative thoughts, horrible thoughts. Um, I don't know whether you've heard of pure OCD, but it's all about intrusive negative thoughts. You know, disgusting things that you don't want to think about, but you can't get those thoughts out of your mind. And then that causes severe discomfort. You stop doing certain activities. You know, you, you end up so anxious. And, uh, and yeah, I was judging myself because I thought, well, what if somebody else heard these thoughts that I'm thinking uh, about people and about myself? And, uh, you know, I was thinking I was an absolute monster. And, and I was talking with Fleur about it earlier, actually. You know, it got to breaking point when we both went to Andorra mm. uh, and we'd been skiing uh, for the week. Great holiday and I was feeling great. And then all of a sudden, I was at dinner and I was like, Fleur, oh, I don't feel right. I'm going to have a panic attack. And she was like, what do you mean? And I'd never voiced it to her for three and a half years. I'd been keeping it all in, all this anxiety, the horrible thoughts, the everything. And I literally had to go up to the go up to the bedroom and I was just like keeled over and panicking and sweating, my heart rate was racing. And I literally thought I was gonna die or if this got worse, how could I cope with my life like that anymore? And and that's when I opened up to her and I said, you know, there's something wrong here and I started looking into it and that's when, you know, I seen that it was pure O C D and, and that's when I went and then got professional help. Yeah. Um, but before that, those three and a half, four years, I thought I was an absolute monster. And mm. who 
horrendous. Yeah. It is, it is a real difficult one. I mean, you know, massive respect for you, you know, being so open and honest there. Because obviously that's the whole point of this discussion is, you know, not making people feel like they have to do what me and you are doing is speaking about it publicly. But it's basically just not feeling ashamed because, like I said at the start of the podcast, and obviously, you know, you sent me over that statistic before, is that, you know, men, and it was shown through... Uh, the statistics last year are 75% um, you know, suicides compared to 25% of women. And I feel like it's always been because of that traditional old school view that obviously the likes of our parents and, you know, our, our, especially our grandparents, that generation, it was just seems, especially if you're male, you know, stiff upper lip, you get on with it, you know, you push it to the back of your mind, you get on with it. But the reality is that is more detrimental to your long-term mental health and especially as as a male i mean growing up in in my household like you know especially my granddad my granddad who you know was a boxer for england and then you know my old man had an, a hard upbringing and you know i'm not i'm not going to go into full ins and outs but i was the, the same as you um you know like growing up it, it wasn't always easy and i don't you know i'm not saying these things for people to you know, feel sorry for me or feel pity, but I feel like, especially at our age, you know, when, when you're in your 20s, you'll meet people, but most of the time you won't know anything about their past, you won't know anything about their childhood, about their upbringing, about some of the demons they might be facing from, from childhood trauma, from anything like that, and that's why it's so important to actually just to, to get to know someone instead of judging a book by its cover, Um. You know, and even if someone, you know, when you get to know them, even if, you know, that they open up to you, you know, privately, that's still a massive thing. You know, they don't have to, you know, come on an Instagram live like this. But the reason why I wanted to do it is to show that the likes of me, people might look at my social media. You know, I'm not I'm not in this, you know, really influential position by any means. People might look at some of the things I'm working on and think, oh, you know, he, he's doing OK for himself. He, he must be relatively immune to, to any mental health problems because he's got maybe this or that going for him. But like I say, it's not for people to, to listen to what I'm saying and say, oh, you know, I feel sorry for Callum because of what he had to go you know, through through growing up. That's not the point. The point is you, you never really know what someone is experiencing or problems they're trying to mask through what they've had to experience growing up. Um and that kind of comes on to, to the next point, um, is, is I think, and this is not in any way meaning to sound patronising because I'm guilty of it, you've probably been guilty of it, is this, I don't know if it's just British culture, because obviously we can only speak about a culture that we have experienced firsthand, is that whenever we're faced with problems, and I've been guilty of it countless times, especially in the music industry, is whenever I've had, say, like not be- it was beginning of last year wasn't it i went through i'm not ashamed once again to hold my hands up i went through a heartbreak situation i had my heart broken and um, i had some family stuff going on and the first thing i thought was go out and get wrecked go out and do a load of drugs drink and um, occupy my mind with loads of work just to keep my mind active but the reality is that that's not the, the long-term solution it might help you at the time but like i've experienced God knows how many times is 
that's not always the answer. And I've definitely learned now, like if someone's in a bad place, is don't always just try and look as the solution is, oh, do you want to come out and get wrecked? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'll probably be guilty of it again in future. So I'm not trying to get on any kind of pedestal or moral high ground. But I feel like in some cases, we do need to take a step back and, and look and see if there's a pattern trending with an individual where they're always using, you know, drink or drugs or just partying in general as is their escape, as their solution, then, you know, maybe we do need to step in as a duty of care and say, you know, you know, why don't you just come around for, a, you know, for dinner or to chill out or, you know, yeah. because I'm noticing this is happening time and time again, that like, are you really okay? You know, do, do, do you need help? And I know it, it is a difficult one because you don't want to look like that person that's, that's patronising, but um, it's something that I've had to take a step back and recognise myself that, you know, until I've got this apartment now that I'm moving into at the end of the month, since I moved to Birmingham in 2016, I've hopped from house share to house share to house share. And all I've been trying to do is live as cheap as possible in order to then have more of a disposable income to then just go out and get wrecked. But at the end of the night, you still have to go back to your bedroom by yourself. And when that door's closed and when those thoughts start festering away and unfortunately, like, I've, you know, we both experienced, you know, after, you know, you've been partying, you, you feel like shit, you know, the days after you feel like shit. And it is, it is a vicious cycle um, and, and one that I've probably been stuck in now for yeah, nearly five years, and you know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, I'm not going to party again. I'm not, I'm not going to go out. And I think some people do need, you know, a little bit of a blowout. You know, I know people they've gone out for one night, they've had a bit of a blowout. Next day they're going fucking hell, needed that, and you know, they kind of go back to normal. But yeah. you know, I've, I've seen with some of my dad's friends who you'd look at them and they're multi-millionaires. You know, they've got massive houses, cars, but they go out like all the time and a lot of people do think that having you know loads of followers on instagram a load of money in the bank account is the answer but it, de it definitely isn't the answer yeah i definitely and you know obviously i resonate with what you say there um like yeah we do need to go out and enjoy ourselves occasionally yeah uh, and it but it's when it becomes a problem is when every weekend you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, that's all you're doing because you're trying to escape the reality that you're in. Mm. And, and myself, you know, for two years at uni, I was addicted to cannabis. Yeah. Um, I've got a very addictive, you know, with the obsessive, you know, the OCD, I can get very addicted to things very easily and uh, very obsessive. So when I was, you know, partying more, I abused cocaine, you know. I'm mm. not gonna, I lie about that. I've used cocaine, I've used alcohol, and all to escape this negative thought in my head and these horrible images. Because when I was high or when I was on it, I wasn't thinking about that. Yeah. You know? But for somebody that's you know experiencing some kind of you know anxiety, depression, you know mental health issue or overly stressed, and they're using drugs and alcohol and, and things like that to suppress it's only gonna fester and stay there do you know what i mean because you're just pushing that down even further and even further whilst at the same time 
drugs and alcohol aren't doing anything positive for your body. They're placing more stress on the body. So not only are you suppressing, but you're making, like, you're causing damage. Um, and like you were saying about, um, you know, reaching out to people, um, I think obviously bringing it round to this situation that we're in at the minute, that is vitally important. That no matter whether it's somebody with a drug problem or a, a drinking problem, we need to be reaching out with one another at the minute. Yeah. You know, again, this year has been an unknown. We've never experienced anything like this before. We're, you know, we're, we're so used to that daily contact with people. You know, those people that you think are handling it well, they might be suppressing those emotions or they might not be feeling great and they might not want to appear vulnerable or, or even, you know, show it. But just be there for somebody. Reach out. Ask people if they're okay. You know, make sure they know that you're there for them. Yeah. And, and another thing um, that I just want to discuss, which was uh, we had a guest speaker today. It was fantastic to listen to him. But he was saying that when you are reaching out and connecting with somebody, if they do decide to, you know, explain to you how low you feel, uh, how low they, they're feeling, don't just try and be the fixer. And, and don't be like, oh, well, you're doing so well at this or you're doing this, you're doing that. And think about your business because you're completely devaluing what they've just said. Yeah. You know, if somebody does decide to open up to you, then go with it and, and, and listen to them and, and acknowledge what they've just told you. Don't just try and change their mind straight away with some positivity because they're not on that. You know, allow them to offload onto you. Yeah. Don't try and cut them off and be like, well, you should be grateful or think of this. You know, we, we all know gratitude works when, when you incorporate into self-care routines. You know, it's great for mental and physical health, but if you're feeling like absolute shit and you tell somebody, you know, I, I, I ain't been feeling this for a while, and then they just come back to you and say, oh, well, look at this that you've got, or look at that, it, it's going to completely, like, they're not going to feel heard. You know, so, so make sure when you're reaching out, you know, you're... You're hearing people, do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. No, that that's that's a really fair point. There is it was something that I was probably guilty of in the first lockdown, and it, it's probably because of my upbringing. Is because a lot of the time I've always had to do things off my own back, and it's not saying that people out there, you know, don't do things off their own back, but I was probably not fully grasping and understanding. It's it's not about not accepting that someone shouldn't feel that way because I really like the post that you put up yesterday saying that, you know, all of our circumstances are different. All of us in one way or another have had something that we're passionate about personally taken away from us. Now, it doesn't matter if you live in a happy family home, you know, you've got a nice car, a comfortable job, money in the bank. The likelihood is because of the knock-on effects of COVID, you've had your passion project or something that you were doing week in, week out, taken away from you. And because it's the biggest shock that, without a doubt, we've had to experience in our lifetimes, and obviously probably most of our parents as well, is that is a massive shock to the system. So I think anyone listening is, you know, like coming off the back of what you've just said there, is don't beat yourself up and think, oh, well, I don't understand why I feel this way. You know, it, it, is it fair that I feel this way because... I'm in such a fortunate position in, in some respects compared to other people is don't don't beat yourself up because 
I was probably guilty of that at first is looking at some people and not being judgmental or, or questioning it, but probably because of my own personal upbringing and maybe having to do a lot more off my own back is understand, not understanding, well, that person's actually in quite a comfortable position, but until you're in that person's shoes, you don't understand what, what's going on in, yeah. in, in their head. So de- definitely, like, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's a valid way to feel... That was one of the, you know, the, the self-care tips that we put out to, to look after your mental health was that how you're feeling is completely valid. And, you know, don't compare your situation and how well you're coping or moving with, with whatever's going on with somebody else because we're all going to feel different things at different times. And another thing is that... I, I, there's two ways of my thinking you know I have got a little bit of like I like the spiritual side of things as well and I do believe that we all are connected spiritually and you know everybody that you speak to right now nobody that you're speaking to is going I'm buzzing yeah I'm so positive and I'm so happy and I'm smashing yeah. this and that unless they've got an online business yeah. or unless they've got like e-commerce that they're selling stuff you know they're, they, they're struggling but not only that I feel like the whole of society is almost in a depressive state. Yeah. And, and if you look at it from like a spiritual point of view, if we're all connected and everybody's being suppressed, everybody's locked down, then what do you think that's going to do to your mind and your mental health and your feelings of you know feeling low if we are all connected yeah. from that point of view? But then from a more logical point of view as well, if every single conversation that you have with somebody is pretty negative they're talking about cases deaths and everything on the news programming you to be you know scared out your mind you know then of course you're going to feel down because every day you're talking about the same thing you're uncertain you're feeling scared you're watching the news you don't know what's going to happen so from a logical point of view no wonder we're all feeling a bit you know unmotivated yeah no definitely mate couldn't agree more. The, the, the next point I wanted to come on, I know that we did a live podcast previously on the effects of social media, obviously me, yourself and Josh Mayer, but that was more focused on his experience on Love Island and just generally in the music industry. And obviously we can focus on, you know, the, the social media aspect within the music industry, but I think just in general... Um, when I had a conversation with Brandon Block, um, the DJ who was on, you know, the original Ibiza superstar, almost passed away from his cocaine habit, and he focuses now on well-being now that he's recovered. Is the reality is even before the pandemic, a lot of us were, were going through some kind of mental health problem or realistically burnout because of the colossal rise of social media and how that's taken over in the past few years and I think that to be honest we were probably the lucky generation in some respects that we just missed it because obviously when we were at school it was fucking Bebo and MySpace and none of us could afford a decent phone to even you know be be on social media all the time but I hope that if if there's anyone from like the younger generation you know that a couple of years below us whether they're like 18, 19 or early 20s is that you know, just don't feel pressured 
into feeling like you you know you need to be you know whether it's buying followers for for social validation and especially like with with designer clothes um because I, I used to be really bad for it i'm not i'm not as bad now i'll go down to tk max and just find the best bargain possible but i used to be the worst for falling victim of thinking oh as soon as i get paid i need to go straight to selfridges and spend a couple of hundred pound on that but the worst thing you can do, I feel, is like feel like you have to live beyond your means to impress, you know, the circle that you're in, or especially followers on social media that actually you don't even know. Like you probably don't even know the person. You're never going to meet them. I'm feeling like, especially as a younger generation, you know, you need to be spending loads of money on designer clothes. And if you, you know, if you're passionate about it and you can afford it, then by all means, crack on. But if you feel like you actually need to live beyond your means to to be able to afford certain things to impress people, that once again, that's a really vicious cycle that you can that you can fall into. But I, I mean, I feel like we all have done something like that at some point. Whether yeah. That's, you know, buying buying clothes. But I mean, talk about buying clothes. There's nowhere to really go at the minute. So yeah, yeah. Buying some of clothes anyway. But uh, you know, we've all posted something on social media and was so like et up why has it only got this many likes and oh how many people have seen it and this that and the other and mate I've experienced it yeah yeah and the thing is you've just got to remind yourself that you know what you wanted to post that and that's it yeah yeah because otherwise you then get inside your own head oh this person's doing that that person you get into that comparison because again you know evolutionary we want to fit into the tribe we want to feel accepted, acceptance, and we we used to only have a tribe of like what we probably know about eighty to hundred people, something like that. Yeah. And now social media allows you to see millions of people across the yeah. world. Yeah. We're just not going to get acceptance and fit in with millions of people. I think so, people are waking up a lot more now to this toxic influencer culture. And for anyone listening, I'm absolutely not targeting or trying to you know victimize anyone who who's into the influencer culture because some of it is positive but there are a lot of people out there who you know feel like you know they they need to look a certain way and i'm not i'm not going to sit here because i have no right as a male to say to a girl you know that you, you don't need cosmetic surgery you don't need to do this or that's your body because you know if a girl is unhappy with how they look they have every right to you know to do that i'm, I'm in no position to judge that but I feel like, especially with the rise of social media, you're gonna see people that, you know, they'll they'll push this agenda of, you know, it's it's normal to eat out every single night. It's normal to have all of this work done to your body. You know, it, what why 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 do you feel like you need to get a career when when you could be doing this? And you know, I'm not I'm not knocking anyone. If people think that you know that's what they're genuinely happy doing, then by all means pursue it. But I feel like there's a lot of people there. They're chasing that lifestyle and that culture when actually a lot of the time you can end up, you know, feeling like you need to, you know, be out all of the time. And in order to impress people, you then live beyond your means. But, you know, get, getting into getting into debt is, you know, it's one of the scariest things you can do. Like I, I did it a couple of years. Luckily, like it wasn't that bad. And, you know, now I'm fortunate where I cleared my overdraft and that kind of thing. But, you know, it's you can be looking at someone and assuming that, you know, they're absolutely smashing it, but it, it's not to make you feel better. Is The reality is you don't know 
what position that person is actually in yeah. financially. Um, and and and. waking up to it more uh, because it was definitely that extended period where we were all under this illusion that you know everyone that you know had a huge following on social media had a nice car good looking had a lot of money in the bank that they that they were okay but I think like we've seen with tragically likes of Mike from Love Island Caroline Flack is to be honest, they're they're probably in in some ways more susceptible to mental health problems because a lot of the time you're moving in circles which which can actually be quite toxic. You know, there's a lot of bitchiness, there's, there's a real high level of competitiveness, and the amount of trolling that you'll be subject to through social media. Like you imagine, actually, we don't have to experience that. You imagine logging onto your account and you've got a lot of bitter, jealous people that want what you've got and the only way they can deal with that is by lashing out at you and you have to deal with all of those comments. Like that that must be soul-destroying, but for the sake of wanting to, you know, put on a brave face and, you know, this 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 positive persona, you you block all that away, you know, and that's that and that's more that's more detrimental as well. But But I feel like that also shows how stressed out and infuriated our society is. Mm. You know if somebody's got the time and is that infuriated that they're then going to troll somebody and make accounts and follow people and do this, you know, they can't be mentally healthy to want to do that. Nah, not at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not having a go at anybody or anything, but, you know, if you're going to do that, then you, you can't be in a good space. Nah, not at all. You wanting to do that. Yeah. So I feel like that just further proves, like, the, you know, the, the stressed out culture that we're all in. Yeah. If someone's going to want to troll somebody, spend all their time messaging them and leaving comments, like, they can't be happy within themselves. And, and, and that's a shame, really, to be fair. No, absolutely. The, the main point that I wanted to raise around social media was, I feel like if, if you're in a certain position, whether you're male or female, and obviously, you know, especially the higher up you are in this, like, hierarchical like 
you know, social structure. And it doesn't have to be in the music industry, whether, you know, you're, you're a well-known DJ, you know, promoter, even if you're, you know, say if it's in banking or law, if you're in a certain position, especially like quite high up, that, that you feel like because because people look up to you or you have a certain level of responsibility that you always have to be putting putting a front up and 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 especially with with social media or or even in person you know if someone asks someone who they look up to you know are you okay that person probably feels like oh, I, I, I feel like I need to say that I'm okay and and I think that's another one where that's going to be far more detrimental to your long-term mental health is is constantly being in denial and and once again yeah. you know it, it, it's not the case of having to put up a photo of yourself on social media saying i'm having a really shit day but you know if you're with people and they say oh easy mate how's it going you know don't just feel like you always have to say oh yeah like, i'm absolutely fine fine because if, yeah. if there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong like you were saying before about you know it always happens to be about positive vibes only the reality is like not every day is a good day and just say you know actually i'm having a bit of a shit day today and just having that having that open conversation and and i hope that anyone you know if if, if there is anyone that's maybe in a position of you know influence no matter what industry you're in is not feeling like you always have to to put your guard up and because i've probably been been guilty of it in the past and um I'm I'm not ashamed to admit once again, you know, this isn't for anyone to, you know, feel sorry for me or attract attention. That I've I've had counselling on two separate occasions. I had it at the start of last year, and then I had it at uh, just before lockdown as well. And and that was probably something that impacted me quite a lot. Is I finally found a therapist that worked for me, but then obviously because of the strain on the NHS and face to face contact as well is that was taken away and that that was frustrating because you feel like you you finally get into the root of the problems and you're able to speak openly and honestly with someone who's professional and they understand it and then when that professional help gets taken away i think um that that's probably been been quite a big thing for people to deal with is you know the the, the nhs has been that defunded over the years you know i'm not going to get into the politics of you know the tory governments or whatever but Mental health is getting worse, but the, in some ways, but the resources are being drawn back upon. You know, there's there's less funding, so it leaves people in a difficult position. Where, although in in some ways, you know, it can help speaking to someone like me or you, just generally open up. But if you need professional help, that's something that's you know really hold, hard to get hold of at the moment. You know, you're being told there's a six month waiting list, but the reality is. Some some people haven't got six months because of how difficult their situation is. Yeah, I mean there could be even eighteen month waiting lists at the minute. Yeah. You know, and and with the state that a lot of people are in, you know, it is a sad time. Um, but again, it's I think it's realizing. Obviously, this is on the lower end spectrum. If you're not if you're feeling overly stressed or whatever is. Like allowing yourself to accept it rather than suppress it. Yeah. You know, if you've suppressed it for a long time and it's and it, then it comes out and you need that, you know, professional help, then there might have to be that wait or you might have to pay for private. Yeah. You know, to go private, you know, the help would be there. But I think people need to understand that 
there is a there's a there's a strength in vulnerability, you know. And I don't mean being vulnerable in in front of somebody you don't know because you know who's going to do that. But with somebody that you care about, with people that you know, your friends, family, there is a strength in saying I'm not okay and and explaining that and, and getting that off your chest rather than. And again, we were talking about how males are 70, 75 percent, you know. Uh, more likely to commit suicide to fully go through with it um, you know is that because men feel like they, they have to be this strong character and to open up those emotions would uh, to to go into those emotions makes them feel too vulnerable yeah but, but to realise that there is a strength in showing that vulnerable side you know and, and accepting that you feel a certain way because yeah. then you can actually start moving forward because if you deny something then how can you ever move forward with it yeah no absolutely mate i just wanted to to end as well on on a positive and discuss really i know that you know this year has been difficult regardless but whether it was you know, your experience at university and then pre-pandemic and then during the pandemic as well is the things that you find work for you the most in terms of, you know, if, if you're having maybe difficulties with mental health, ways that you can, you know, try, try and improve it and feel better? Mm-hmm. Well, I definitely firstly say at the moment, especially during the situation, because the whole conversation we've been talking about comparisons, we've been talking about, you know, looking at the news, we've been talking about, you know, everything that's going on externally is like focus on you. You know, the world is in chaos right now, but if you can find things that you enjoy that bring you that joy every day, then do that. You know, it doesn't have to be complicated. If it's making you happy right now, then do it. I'm not saying that if you know if that's drinking ten beers, I'm not advocating that <laughs> happy because long term that is not going to make you happy. Yeah. But focus on yourself. It is not selfish to focus on you. And obviously, being a being a trainer, movement is medicine. You know, we're designed to move. It's movement is one of the quickest ways to change our physical and mental state. And um, and whether that's going out for a walk, jogging. You know, whether that's doing some yoga in the living room. I mean, I'm doing a an Instagram live every Monday at 5.30 if anybody wants to join in. But it literally just takes 20 minutes and you're in a completely different state of body and mind. Uh, and then lastly, you know, again, this is more based around the time of year that we're in. Uh, and especially lockdown, we're not getting out as much. Is we need to be eating foods that are rich in vitamin D or supplementing with vitamin D because vitamin D is essential for our immune system, our bone growth and health, um, and it's also the uh, precursor to serotonin. So it's a mood stabiliser. So it's, you know, have you heard of SAD, you know, seasonal affective disorder? So as we go into the winter months, we are getting the vitamin D from the sunlight so people start to get depressive symptoms because they're not getting that serotonin boost, that feel-good neurotransmitter in the body. The transition for me, that that hit me quite a lot. And normally it's something I wouldn't have, but I think it was like the combination of 
still being trapped within four walls, working from home, but then just how dark it was in the morning and then how dark it was. Like that transition, it just it just happens like that. And the way that it changed my mindset, definitely, I I, I can uh, vouch for that, that, that I experienced it. I mean, I, I just wanted to, to touch upon a few of the things that, that I've done. Um, I mean, probably from the end of last year is, like I said, by, by no means am I a health guru, because probably people say, well, I'll see you out most weekends, but is I, I went, well, mainly plant-based and like, I still eat fish in that as well. Um, but, you know, like cutting out just a lot of like red meat, dairy, things like that. And, and I'm not trying to say to people, you know, cut it out of your diet completely because everyone is different. But for me personally, I felt since doing that from September last year, I felt so much sharper mentally. You know, I feel better internally as well through, you know, not eat. I used to eat red meat all the time, used to be, you know, drinking milk all the time. But actually, when, when you do your research, you don't realise like a lot of what goes into it. And once again, I know people are going to say, well, I see you partying on the weekend, you don't know what goes in that. So that's what I say is, you know, sometimes it's just about having that bit of, you know, balance as well. Um, and one, one thing that I was really guilty of, um, especially the first lockdown and even more so beforehand, was the amount of pressure I was putting on myself to, you know, be constantly working and achieving is... I wasn't really taking a step back to acknowledge how much I was doing in, in one day. And I feel like this is even more applicable to anyone who sadly may have, you know, lost their job, you know, and, and therefore they may feel like they've lost their, their sense of purpose and what they bring to the table, which no one should, you know, feel like, but it's only natural to feel like that, especially if you've, you know, lost your job is that as I'm doing things throughout the day, I'll physically do a list and tick off what I've done. And at the end of the day, I'll actually look and you actually realise how much you do in one day. And especially at the moment, you know, if you're someone, I think it's probably about a week or so ago, I felt like I didn't want to get out of bed. You know, I didn't really have much motivation to do anything. So even doing simple tasks, it's that like positive mental trick that you'll play on yourself to realise, oh, actually, I have achieved some things today whereas I could have just could have just um stayed in bed so definitely I I definitely support that and like you said for anyone that's lost their job focus on yourself you know if you are in a time that you're struggling and you're out there looking for work and you're normally doing xyz and all this replace some of those things that you would have done it with work but for things for yourself you know use this time to work on yourself yeah, definitely. I think that's pretty much everything, mate. I, yeah, I think that was definitely a conversation that was needed around, you know, our own personal experiences. And, and, and as I say, the reason why I wanted to do this was just show that, you know, none of us are immune. And, you know, if you if you need to, you know, reach out, um, then, you know, speak to Dan, speak, you know, speak to myself if needed. I'll probably refer you to Dan. He's probably your man to speak to first of all you know he's got a lot more expertise but um yeah mate i really appreciate your time and uh hopefully catch you soon no definitely appreciate it please mate take care